0: What's happening, world? I'm your host, The Wizard of Woz, Benji Wozniak. And this week, me and Kira have the pleasure of reviewing and interviewing the director and producer of Seating Sophist Studios, Torben's Ricardo Lima. Woo! Thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, No problem. (laughs) So,
1: it looks like you started three years ago,
0: your productions.
1: Yes, I did. I started, actually, I think I started in 20. 18 and then i took some time off to do other stuff and then i got right back to it at the later part of 2019 and then of course the world went into a hell in a handbasket in 2020 so here we are Uh, i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) no idea what you're (laughs) talking about
2: so looking through your works it says you're a producer and a director but it looks like you're more on the production side is that more where your passion lies?
1: Yes, definitely. I definitely like doing the behind the scenes uh, aspects of it, you know, getting everyone into place and organized. And I just like that whole organizational thing.
2: Absolutely. Now, how do you pick your projects? Because looking through your work, you have a little bit of everything. So what, what stands out to you? What's your process? What's like kind of how you pick what you want to work on and what you want to highlight?
1: Well, first off, I'm a terrible writer. I've tried to write my own material and that never works out. So the first thing I try and do is find a good writer that I can sort of work well with. Once I do that, then the stories that I sort of have in my books, I sort of work with this writer and we come up with what will be A, the most interesting, and B, would also be sort of looking for play well in the time that we're in. So that's generally how I go about it.
2: That's awesome. So um, the two shorts that we watched was about the sisters at the picnic and the surprise party. Well, the unsurprise party. And I thought they were both really interesting kind of quick character studies. Can you speak to what about those projects really inspired you or made you curious?
1: Well, for me, for the first one with the three sisters, it was mainly about... The struggles that you have once you graduate high school and trying to figure out what you want to do and having all these different voices tell you that you should go down this path or that path. And I thought it was an interesting struggle just to sort of have a character be in the middle of that. And that's what the younger sister is fighting with the older sister and the middle sister, because the middle sister wants her to go to college and, you know, do her thing. And the older sister wants her to like have a family and do the whole traditional thing. So I just sort of like that dynamic. And of course I've sort of went through that struggle myself with what I wanted to do and just looking at other people in my life and what they struggled with. With The second film, well, it's technically my fourth film, but it's the two that are the better of the four. (laughs) But the last one that I did, Unsurprised Party, was about uh, essentially when you reach a certain stage in your life. Now, in this instance, is when she reaches 30. Don't want to talk about it. (laughs) And, you know, you're sort of taking stock of your life and trying to figure out, well, what have I done? Are the things that I've accomplished really what I want? And do I listen to what I personally want on the inside or what is going to be best for my relationships and things like that so that's the general gist of it
2: so with both of these do you find that you're relating yourself to the story or you find that these are such universal stories that need to be told and that's what's drawing you to these projects
1: it's usually both uh, because i think i have to connect to it myself in order to bring something that's real and natural to it so that others can sort of connect to it. I think that that's usually the movies that I connect to myself personally, when I can tell that the either the director, the writer, the producers are really invested in telling the story. So I think, yeah, I think it's a little bit of both.
2: When I was watching both of these, I really connected to the fact that you have highlighted female leads in all your films. That's something I think is super powerful. I think it's super important, especially right now. When we're trying to see like more diversity on screen, do you like working with female leads? Or is that just how the luck of the draw happened with these
1: stories? It's For me, I mostly focus on the stories. Like I set out a sort of list of movies that I wanted to sort of work on first. Uh, usually I would start on the ones that don't require much in terms of production. So I generally start with the ones that are easier if you want to call it that. And then I work my way up to the ones that are harder and more difficult and that I think are more interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I just like working with people who are cool, interesting, and can bring something to the characters. You know what I mean? It just so happens that it's the two that I've done is mostly with with women. But there's definitely, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with that yet. (laughs) Tell me, tell me, I want to (laughs) know. No, no. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome.
2: So when working with actors and I mean, you have to work with a bunch of different personalities while managing a budget and a time schedule. What do you find the most challenging and what do you find the most rewarding about all that?
1: I think the most challenging part is getting everyone on the same page with what the production is about that narrows down to the writer and us getting on the same page with everything we don't have to agree on everything but as long as we we understand the general idea that we're trying to get onto the screen the second thing is obviously getting it familiar and on the same page with the actors Uh, that generally is much more difficult (laughs) i've done acting in in the past myself so i'm a little bit more comfortable with how i communicate with actors and talk to them but Yeah, I think those are generally the harder parts, like the behind the scenes stuff where you're like, you know, you're trying to find the place to do the shoot or you're trying to find the money to get things paid for is it's difficult, but it's not as difficult as, you know, working with everyone else trying to fulfill the same. Idea.
2: That's awesome. That's really interesting. It sounds like you have a really good head on your shoulders on how to communicate with people and you have these people skills. Just as we're doing this interview right now, the Venice Film Festival is going on and there's a lot of drama surrounding the Don't Worry Darling press and how the the shoot and the production was run really poorly, how Olivia Wilde was a poor director, how there's all this drama how do you feel as a producer? How do you feel watching something like that on such a massive scale? Do you think it's more part of like the celebrity of it all and like the drama of going to celebrity cultures and these events, or do you find that it is unprofessionalism? Are you familiar with the situation?
1: I'm not too familiar with the situation, but generally when you're talking about the bigger cats in the industry, like, you know, Warner Bros or any of these other big industries, there's generally going to be conflicts because there's a lot of money on the line. And money attracts good people and it attracts people who are just absolutely horrible. So, I mean, I think if a company in general just sort of has a sort of standard To begin with, when they're working with anyone who's involved in their productions, I think that just sorts that that helps you prevent having these sort of issues when you go down the line, whether it's paying people on time, you know, just being a good person to work with. I mean, I don't think that that should be that difficult to ask from, you know, people just to be good to work with, Uh, because when I'm casting my things, that's like the top the top thing that I'm looking for can I work with you? Are you going to be someone when you get on set and you're going to have conflicts with other people on the set? Because if you are, I don't care how much money I paid you. I don't care how good of an actor you are. If you start making trouble, you're gone. Because I'm trying to keep an atmosphere that's productive and obviously safe and everything else.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's so important. And I think now we are seeing production houses and directors Um, and showrunners moving in a direction like that, whereas before maybe they created more of a toxic level for people that were considered talented. Obviously, I'm speaking from the outside. I've never done this. I just consume media. So you had touched upon doing acting, directing. How did you fall in love with performing and movies? What sort of ignited this passion for you?
1: So I think a bunch of things contributed to it. There was a drama teacher that really got me into it. But I think when I saw the behind the scenes sort of featurettes for uh, Peter Jackson's The Lord of the Ring, I was like, I was, I mean, I can't even describe it, but I was blown away at how much those people cared about what they were doing i mean there's so many there's so much footage from those three movies that it's literally more than the actual films themselves and you can just tell that everyone who's working on it whether they were frustrated or not because you know the misgivings of the days uh, and all those long days of shoots you can tell that people really cared about creating one unifying idea or one unifying project and that to me along with my drama teacher sort of getting me involved into acting and the stage primarily, I just fell in love with it. And it's just been something that I've always been attracted to and surrounded myself with.
2: That's awesome. And we've talked about The Lord of the Rings on here before. I mean, that those movies, 20 years old, and they're not dated a bit. The production on that, filming in New Zealand, every person, I mean, I fully agree with you. They are incredible. What projects would you say you have on the horizon? Anything you want to talk about? Anything that's like really exciting you right now?
1: Oh, yeah, I do. One of my writers created a script that is honestly, it's it's amazing to me. I can't wait to work on it. It sort of deals with a situation that i had with a friend who committed suicide and it's sort of based on that and sort of what the struggles were with this person i'm planning on doing a short film about it and then at some point do a feature-length project with it but it's yeah the way he characterized the characters and the inner struggle that this person is going through i'm right even right now i'm having goosebumps because i really want to be able to do that particular film well so i'm putting it on the back burner until I get enough resources to actually make it proper.
2: That's exciting. So what would you say your full vision is, at least for the short of it? Are you planning on also directing it or are you just going to stay completely behind the scenes?
1: I think for me, I primarily want to be a producer. I want to be able to green light whatever projects I want to green light. And there might be some points where I want to direct a certain thing because I think that I might have something of value to add to it. But generally, I want to stay in behind the scenes and be a producer and just make sure everything works properly. So, yeah, that's generally what uh, what I think I I'll be doing. And generally, my goal, my end goal is to produce feature-length projects. But those, again, are they require a lot of preparation. So
2: Oh, preparation, funding, a lot of resources and time. You had touched upon funding was not the hardest struggle. Are you finding now with the rise of, like, tiktok and social media and everyone wanting to break into this industry that there are more opportunities for funding to happen for your films like this and things that you're passionate about
1: yes i do think it's yeah but most importantly i think it's granted there is a lot of competition nowadays but there's also a an ease to uh, get in contact with your actual customers like people who are interested in the films that you're doing. Whereas before, you sort of had to go through the big sort of studios in order to connect with an audience. But nowadays, you can just flip on a camera and you can talk directly to whoever's interested in whatever project you're doing. So I think it's the best time to be anyone involved in anything artistic because at the touch of a finger, you can you can get in contact with anyone who's going to be interested in your projects, really. So... I'm not sure if I answered your question. No, but, you didn't you didn't no, know But yeah, yeah, I, I do think it's it's a little bit easier. There's definitely struggles, but it is much easier than it was even ten years ago, I think.
2: Absolutely. Now I know that you had been in New York for some time and now you're here in New Hampshire. How do you find the climates of surrounding media and production? People think of New York as like the hot spot. New York, LA, the bigger cities, but you've actually removed yourself from those places to come to somewhere smaller where people don't really associate with that. What were your ideas for the move? Was it Personal and not business related are you finding
1: um there's definitely struggles but for me i think nowadays you don't have to be in the bigger markets like i grew up in florida so the miami market was closer to me which i could have stayed at but i decided let me go try la for a little bit which i did absolutely hated that whole experience sorry to all the california (laughs) all the california people but i really didn't like it a because i like the seasons primarily winter but I, the weather just didn't agree with me it reminded way too much of florida so new york was naturally the other choice so i went to new york but i went to a conservatory where i sort of did acting mostly just to kind of get a sense of what that's like so okay now i'm losing the point what was your question again <laughs>
2: <laughs> do you do you find it difficult to be in somewhere more rural not as business um not as like a media centric
1: right uh, no, I don't. The reason why is because most of these areas like New York, California and Miami, most people live either on the outskirts of those cities who actually work in the industry and then they travel to those places when they need to. Because usually movies or TVs, they generally happen In other regions around the country or around the world, like Atlanta's film industry has been growing quite a bit over the past couple of years. You have places like, what is it, the Czech Republic as well, Hungary, just a bunch of other places where you can be a part of the film industry and you don't have to be connected or in the whole sphere of Hollywood. If that makes sense. So moving out to New Hampshire was definitely a challenge, but I tried to plan it where I was close enough to a big market, but far away where I don't have to, to deal with with those interesting struggles, which is Boston, because uh, that's the biggest market in New England. So yeah, I think it's it has its ups and downs.
2: Absolutely. So when you say when you're mostly getting like looking for talent, like actors or directors, are you pulling from a Boston pool, or are you trying to pull from a more local pool? How do you kind of go about? The process of casting um your productions
1: so what usually the places that i go on to are places like actors access backstage and then there's this new one that i figured out because i talked to a few actors which is new england film i think it's called new england film.com i think it is so yeah i generally try and find those who are more local it's generally harder to find higher caliber actors generally in this area i found that a little bit difficult but again i generally I always try and find someone that i could work well with and who can work well with others so that's generally what i go for because even when i was in new york city it was still difficult to find someone who was a talented and b could be worked with so those struggles haven't gone away because i moved so yeah i think it, it again it has its struggles but there's definitely some talent here in the new england area to the left and... to the left <laughs> <laughs> i didn't quite catch that hint then. <laughs> to the right to the right (laughs) but uh yeah yeah definitely i think yeah it's just something i have to get used to because if i were in new york city i would still have to deal with the fact that most of the people that i know in the industry fled once 2020 happened so it would have been difficult if i had stayed there so here we are
2: very very cool so i know we've talked mostly about like film and movies would you ever go into stage production or theater in that regard or is it like that's a big (laughs) no
1: Oh man, stage is where I started in terms of acting. Like I did quite a bit of Shakespeare when I first started doing anything involved with the arts. So it has a place in my heart because there's nothing, and I'm sure actors out there can agree, there is nothing like being on a stage where there's an audience waiting for you to tell them a story. That sort of high, in a sense, that you get when it's like, you know, if you make a mistake, there's no going back to the editing station and uh, redoing it. It's like you go out there and and you deliver or you fail. I love that whole experience. So I'd love to do something in theater, but it's not in the forefront of my focus.
2: Of course. Absolutely. Sorry, Ben, I've been really hogging this interview. I am, I feel so poor. Do you have anything to, any questions or anything?
0: so at the beginning of this, I just want to state that I said Kira is the one that has all the technical <laughs> questions and knows all the stuff like that is going to be serious stuff. And I'll be like the comic relief. <laughs> she said, no, 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 that's not true. And I to- nailed it. Nah. <laughs> all right. I do have a question. So you had spoken to me. Dorbin's works with me, by the way. So And so did Kira at one point. She moved on to another store. But we all work together. So we all are very well acquainted with one another. And Dorbin has to put up with all the crap I do. Here we go. And I do a lot of crap. But you told me a funny story about that uh, one of the scenes where an intruder came into your film set because you're on the live location. We <laughs> you want to share that with the public?
1: <laughs> yes. So this intruder was a squirrel who decided that he was going to have his moments and no one was going to stop him. And no matter what we did, he just kept coming, he or she, I don't know, <laughs> just kept coming back. Like, it- and it was like the timing was always perfect. it was like when we weren't shooting nowhere to be found the moment the camera turns on the sound is put on boom there you are it's like wow it was just amazing and literally there were like at least five or six of them just hovering around because we were in a gazebo and they were just i I, because we had food i think was obviously (laughs) the biggest problem because again this was a picnic scene and yeah they just kept coming and coming it's just yeah, it was ridiculous. I can, I can relate. I can relate because if you look at a lot of our pictures, my
0: Chihuahua has his head in most of the pitch. <laughs> he is not in the room right now because we have to keep him out because he is a freaking camera hog. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> that is hysterical.
2: Now, speaking of that picnic scene, it was designed very beautifully. Did you have a set designer or was that you who I love the eucalyptus and the bowls of fruit? It was I mean, it was sponsored by Trader Joe's, right? Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely what the actors said. They were like, are you getting funded by Trader Joe's or something? It's like, everything is Trader Joe's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much everything was me in terms of setting up the design. The actors obviously helped as well. They set things the way they thought would be more most interesting and all that kind of stuff. I sort of, you know, allow them to do that. A, because I didn't have anyone else really there to do it. And B, because I think it just, it gets them a little bit more invested in what's going on. But uh, yeah, it was definitely all me, mostly me. (laughs) Yeah.
2: That's awesome. It was really nice. I liked it. Did you do the costume design as well? Because I thought it was really interesting that you reflected each of the sisters' personalities through what they were wearing, especially with the youngest being in all white, showing the innocence and the confusion. Unless I'm reading too much into it, but what are your
1: thoughts? Yes, yes, definitely. And I mean, this sort of goes back a little bit to The Lord of the Rings, where they're like very careful in particular about the things that they put on screen. So me and the actors, we sort of uh, shot emails back and forth about this, Zoom calls about this as well, about what type of outfits would be realistic for these people characters based off of their viewpoints and their their sort of goals in the scene so definitely it was worked out between me and the individual actors what would be most fitting for them like i think we had more of a sort of not business look but more semi-formal look for the middle sister who was the one very adamant about her going to college and then more of a dress kind of flowy thing for the traditional older sister and then for the younger sister she had more sl- slightly an edgy look because uh, <laughs> the actor was like Maybe she would wear these boots, you know, that would make her, uh, you know, a little bit. I think they were like the, what are those boots? The Doc uh, yeah, yeah, There it is. Yeah, because she was like, that would add a little bit of flair with her character. So, yeah, yeah, that was interesting.
2: Yeah, I really thought it was really cool. And now speaking to you, knowing that you love Lord of the Rings, all those little like details and nuance makes um, sense to me. Are there any movies or anything that you're watching right now that's really inspiring you?
1: Anything that is on like the forefront of your mind? Ooh, I knew I was going to get this question because it's always hard for me to pinpoint a movie. I mean, I've generally at the moment have been rewatching a lot of older films and older things. Like I actually watched The Spy again. Uh, which I know you guys are going to talk about uh, <laughs> soon. So I watched that last night and this morning. been watching The Lord of the Rings again and The Hobbit, Children of Men. I've been revisiting some older series like Roswell, the original one, not the new one, which is <laughs> not that great. But the original one was good. What else? Yeah, uh, just been, oh, uh, also Killing Eve was also good. Mainly the first and second season. Once Phoebe left, the writer left, kind of just went downhill. There were some good moments. But yeah, there's definitely been a lot of things I've been watching right now. Most of them are older things or things that have already been released. In terms of things that I'm looking forward to being released... I think Brendan Fraser's The Whale is something I'm kind of interested to see because A24 is seems to be the only kind of film industry putting out the things that I think are interesting films, um, things that sort of push the boundary. Not superhero? And that- <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, I have a follow-up question. You find A24 to be a little bit more compelling than a production house like Neon because I find the two of them to be a little hand-in-hand, whereas A24 is a little bit more mainstream, not in a mean way, but like, I'm just asking your opinion.
1: It's definitely getting mainstream, but it's a company that's like, I think it was made in 2012 or something like that. So they're fairly new in the game. I guess you can kind of compare them to Netflix, I guess. But uh, in terms of like not being that old, but now becoming the mainstream. But yeah, I just like most of their older stuff, like, you know, The Lighthouse.
2: Breakers? I haven't seen that. Did you watch Moonlight?
1: No, actually, I didn't. (gasps) what they're an oscar winning movie you haven't seen there's quite a bit of movies i have not seen i think the last film that i saw from them was everything everywhere all at once or something like that which was it was it had its interesting moments i thought it was crazy (laughs) i was like wow what the hell am i watching
0: (laughs) i loved Loved it this is wild what i mean it was good i was like because you're the one that told me to watch it. So I was like, oh, I'll watch it. And I was like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah. I, I,
2: If you're going to do a multiverse movie, though, I thought Michelle Young was, yes. first of all, a fantastically. And I thought all the callbacks to different films. Yes. I thought the costuming was beautiful. Yeah. The mother-daughter relationship I thought yeah. was incredible. Um, but obviously,
0: everyone has, is entitled to their different opinions. <laughs> I would just like to point out, he's talking like old. And he's mentioning films that like... when. <laughs> and I'm, I, I'm thinking Gunsmoke and Bonanza. He's like, oh, and, and, and Killing Eve. And I'm like, I'm all old.
1: Listen, Cain, is that uh, what you wanted right? to do? Right?
0: I mean, I'm like, come on now. I'm like starting to feel like <laughs> Grandpa Moses over here. <laughs> oh. oh,
1: man.
2: Well, did you have any other final thoughts, Torbens? I loved having you on. I'd love to have you on again. If you'd ever want to come on with your writer, we can talk, kind of talk about your process that you guys go through
1: together. Yeah, he's like in a different time zone, <laughs> so it might be a little difficult to get him over. We got Zoom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> any final thoughts? No, I mean I really appreciate being you know brought onto the show. This is exciting to talk about you know interesting things and things I like. Yeah, I don't have any major final thoughts. I guess.
2: Nope. Well, everyone, check out Dorbin's YouTube channel, Seating sophist Studios. Yes. Oh, my God. I knew it was three S's. I got confused, though. But check out his films, support his work. He's truly a great producer on the rise. We're so happy to have you on the show.
1: Nice. Do you want to throw out some love to your actresses? Yes, if I could remember all their names. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, definitely. Thank you to the actors on Unsurprised Party. I'm not going to try and remember your names. (laughs) and (laughs) And Someone's Future. Yeah, you guys were awesome you were you know what more can you ask for you were a pleasure to work with and um, i hope to work with you guys in the future definitely beautiful
2: awesome well Dorwin's, thank you again for spending some time with us i had a really great time it was great to get to know you a little
0: bit more it was fun it was a lot of fun uh, would you like to be on again sometime sure all right oh, you're trying to get
1: me on record yeah
0: <laughs> 50 bucks <laughs> second time's a pay. No. <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> So, y'all, we'll have the link to Dovin's YouTube channel on our bio. Thank you all for listening, and please tune in next time to What's Happening.